for the benefit of people who'll be listening to this that may be thinking, I don't, still don't know what, what an ACCP is, would you mind just explaining what the, broadly what the role entails and the, I guess how it does differ from, from, say, being an advanced nurse practitioner? I mean, the role um, ultimately sort of, you know, arose from, you know, the envisaged shortage of medics going into ITU and then the European Working Time Directive. I mean, the training's quite intense, but the role, you know, um, I mean, the clinical responsibilities are basically all on there, some background plus, you know, good clinical assessment of critically ill patients and then all the advanced skills that we're, we're learning now. Essentially, um, an ACCP is an advanced critical care practitioner. So it's people from, as we've discussed previously, allied health backgrounds, so nurse and pharmacy physio, um, and even paramedics and potentially ODPs and PAEs in the future, but within the medical team on critical care. So you will essentially do the role of an ITU trainee doctor. From day to day, you could be reviewing patients on ITU, seeing referrals on the ward, making advanced clinical decision-making and diagnoses, prescribing medications based on that and formulating treatment plans. So our role is always fully supervised by a consultant. So any admissions that we have been to see that we think need to come to critical care, we discuss with consultants. Some of that involves discussion with, with families, liaising with MDT, other specialities, including microbiology, referring on transfers is going to be a big part of our role we can request radiology so chest x-rays ct scans i'm sure that any, anyone who's listened to that description especially if they're at an sho or a registrar level in intensive care will be sat, sat there just thinking there's, there's essentially no different you know by the by the time that your scope of practice is is maximized there'll be no difference between you and a fairly senior registrar on intensive care is that about right the only caveat to that is i think being from a nursing background, there's a lot of things that we probably still discuss with the consultant prior to doing that the senior registrars may not necessarily need, need to um, reflect it on that. So, so we, we probably, because it's a supervised role, we, we probably are involving them a little bit more, but I, I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, really. But I don't think as an ACCP will ever be fully autonomous the way, the way a doctor would be. Do you think that's just because of the nature of the role or do you think that's um, because of the way that you feel within the role? It's the nature of the role. We're, we're, when you read all of the FICM guidance, it's very clear that that's how we are structured. I think, again, it, probably in the beginning it was how I felt in the role and I, I don't know whether Jack John will agree, but it is a confidence thing, isn't it? I'm, I'm a nurse and I'm, I'm doing X, Y, Z and no, nobody's here to tell me what to do. Whereas as, as you get more experience, you actually realise that that is, you know, it's your clinical judgment. You've got that wealth of experience that you know it, it is what you need to do. And because of your, your training and your knowledge, you don't escalate it as, as early because you don't feel it's, it's needed at that point. Your clinical judgment gets better, I suppose is what I'm trying to say. Coming from a nursing background then, was it quite a big jump coming into this role? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think there was advantages and probably disadvantages as well. I mean, the advantages was that, you, you know, you'd seen all the procedures, you set up for these procedures, but now it's actually yourself doing, you know, doing the procedure. Um, and that was, com that was a comfortable transition. I think, you know, you know, doing all the clinical skills was good. Some of the disadvantages is probably the nursing background thing. You've still got your nursing head on as well as your, 
HTCP head on as well, you know, when you're, you're seeing patients or you're working on the unit, you know, I still see myself as having that bedside manner. I still like to talk to patients and, you know, when I'm doing procedures and explain what I'm doing. And But you find that as well, one of the disadvantages is from your nursing background, a lot of your nursing colleagues, if there's any issues, you know, you're the first person that they tend to... Um, seek out it's probably a compliment isn't it you know but I think sometimes you can be a bit overwhelmed you know um, last week I was going into a side room to examine a patient so I was getting PPA on the nurse in, in the room had asked for a, a role so two other people started getting PPA on and I was like well hang on a minute I'm, I'm going into to examine the patient I can help and it was one of the new nurses and, and they went it's for a role you know and I was like, oh, is there a slide sheet as well? Because, <laughs> yeah. like, obviously, they, they, they just don't see, um, see you as, as coming from, from that background. And what I actually said is if, if we've got time, it should be done like that. From, from, even from the doctor's point of view, we, we, we shouldn't be wasting PPE because it's a different discipline going in, in the room. But on the flip side, that you do have to protect yourself a little bit because you could do all the roles on the unit, but then if there's a central line and a referral, see, not, none of the nursing team are going to be able to help you with that. So, you know, it's got to reflect the workload and the balance as well. So there was a patient that one of the other um, CT2 I was on with on night last week, it was like, we've got a room for this patient. They're going to have to be transferred out, blah, blah, blah. And then because you, you know the unit, and I was like, well, no, hang on, if we move so-and-so over there, that'll team up two level twos and free up a side room. So, so you've still got that head on where you think like that. And actually, I, I think a lot of that benefits patient care because you've got an understanding of the, the management of the unit as well, which I don't think the doctors necessarily get till they're at consultant level. Because I remember working with both of you and do, and do night shifts and in handover in the morning, I'd be, I'd be handing, handing over patients. And then, you know, next to me, one of you would pipe up and say, oh, well, the nurse told me, told me this. And I'd... I think depending upon your personality, you could you could see it as a well. They didn't come to me about about that, but at the same time, I thought, well, you know what? If the nurses are coming to you guys about it, well, as long as someone's told, well, that's that's okay. That's a blessing and a curse. It's an ACCP yeah. though. <laughs> I had on night nights last week. Um, I was it was my first second night back after six months leave as well, and I realised between the two doctors that I was I was on with combined I have more ITU experience than them and that scared the living bejeez out to me and and they, they were both very very good from a medical point of view but actually from a, a, an ITU point of view you realize that you're the, the main stay really of the, the, the continuity and knowing what goes on on the unit and how it all works. I'm sure that's going to happen more and more and more as you as you keep going in the role that actually you're going to reach a point where you you may have more ITU experience than some of the some of the newer consultants coming in as well. I think I was working with um, two trainees and I think their combined age I was still about 10 years older than them. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people listening won't may not be familiar with with the route that you go through as as an ACCP so obviously you're both from nursing backgrounds but what do what did your training look like? So we've both been on ITU for, you know, I've been there since, since 2004. Alex, you've been there probably a little bit later, but extensive ITU background, both band six. It was, there's only certain universities that had run the course, um, and the closest one was uh, Keele University. 
there's certain parts to it so you've got your advanced critical care practitioner course on top of that you have to also do your, your non-medical prescribing as well and then within that as well you have to do sort of a clinical examination course as well so as Alex said it was 2015 we started um, completed in sort of 2017 we sort of running the three courses combined um, which was really tough training uh, exams sorry um, similar to you know doctors training so you know OSCEs uh, vivas uh, written exams you know sort of the sim center as well so one session a week at Keel, I think and then it, it, it sort of was a bit intermittent I think after that well Alex if you remember you know, it's probably one of the toughest things, um, you know, I've done in my life, I think, is this. But, you know, ultimately the rewards is where we are now. So, you know, it's a fantastic uh, opportunity for, you know, a nurse. And, you know, as, as nurses, as you get into ITU, you get to band six. Um, you know, getting to a band seven is, is quite difficult sometimes. A lot of the senior nurses, you know, will go into maybe yeah, specialist role around the hospital or they'll go into teaching so you know this role's opened up um, a different path you know for for junior nurses or you know to aspire to so it you know it gives that options that you're not waiting for band seven to retire getting through the exams and qualifying was tough it was really really stressful because you think oh god if we fail what, what, what do we do you know just go back to our band sixes are they even going to give us our band sixes back so that there was that pressure but I think one of the big pressures was kind of the probationary period on the rotor where there wasn't the study time and we weren't in uni it was just full on on the unit and you know that first day holding the belief when it goes off and you've got to go and see a referral on, on your own but as, as John said it, it's a fantastic opportunity. Do you think, you think with, with you guys as the example for other nurses on the unit that you may find people start potentially joining intensive care with that being the path that they actually want to go down from the word go? Yeah, I think I've already set the, you know, sown the seeds in a couple of the, uh, the junior nurses because I think, you know, at an early stage, you, you can spot a nurse who's going to excel. I've set, you know, the wheels in motion saying, you know, you need to get, you know, a bit more experience uh, in, in ITU, but ultimately you want to be, you know, looking at taking over from myself or, you know, joining Alex uh, in the team. Even when I'm around the hospital at Met calls, you know, and I know, um, or, you know, seeing referrals and spot, you know, you get to know the nursing staff on, you know, some of the acute wards. And I think where I've ended up, it's a brilliant opportunity for them nurses as well. You talked a bit about, very briefly, about your, your first day holding the bleep and, and having to go see referrals, and it was quite a, quite a daunting experience. I suppose there's two sides to it, you know, how, how do you feel that the nursing team felt about you being in, in that role, and then the other side is, is how do you feel that others were on the same medical side as you felt about you in that role? I think when we first got the bleep, I saw it as a privilege as well, you know, I thought here I am actually holding the bleep and taking referrals and you know you just have to just have a moment and think you know how far you've come. I think all the nursing team you know were, were rooting for you you know I think you know the support was always there and to have worked with us and then seen us grow and you know seen us get this role. Sometimes in the back of your head you might get an element thinking oh who do they think they are now? They're not a doctor, you know. There was none of that, you know. It was it was all supportive right through the training. As Alex said, the referrals, 
Yeah, I think I struggled with that initially because ultimately you've got to portray this picture to the consultant who hasn't seen the patients involved in that as well as speaking to families, which again is, you know, a skill on its own. I think that aspect of things has got a lot better. I think when you get out of that initial sort of clunkiness of doing a really in-depth review and, and focusing on, on, on trying to get all of that information and when you streamline that, it leaves a lot more space for actually thinking about, you know, the benefit the harm and you know it's quite nice hearing you say that because that's the same sort of growth that that I think you see in everybody who is seeing these people when you've got the space to think about it just just having had six months off you you come back not with fresh eyes but different eyes if that makes sense before I went off I was very much in John's mindset of you know the burden that's one of the big challenges with communication from my point of view really that you know have you prepared them enough you know, I, th- I think that that's quite a, a, a big burden of responsibility, really. It was one of the things early on in the role that I struggled a lot with. I think it, it's getting easier now, as John said, when you've got more time to, to kind of think about that. And I always say I'm a nurse as well, you know, and I say I'm a nurse working on the medical rotor with the doctors. You know, I don't come in and say I'm an advanced practitioner. <laughs> I might go into that later, you know, but, you know, if it's, if it's a patient to touch and go whether we're going to take them or it's a patient we're not going to take them I always introduce myself hi I'm John Manesh you know and, and I feel that sometimes just makes the conversations a little bit easier as well I, I don't know if you find that Alex I always say I'm, I'm an ACCP which is just a fancy way of saying I'm a nurse but I work as part of the doctor's team like that, that that's my line that, that I always yeah. introduce myself with yeah. so so yeah I always make it very clear from from the start with any patient or relative that I am a nurse but I think the other thing I, I always make sure I say now which is I've come to review the patient but I'll discuss with the consultant and we'll, we'll make a decision as, as a team so that they understand it. it's not just coming from you as an individual clinician. When you have gone in and introduced yourself as being from a nursing background um, how do patients respond to that? I've never had any, anyone say you know, I want to see a doctor instead or anything, you know, I think once you explain, you know, what your role is and that, you know, I think it's accepted as well. I, I often find, find as well, and I suppose it, it's because of how, how we approach them. So you say you're a nurse and you're very clear about the fact that you're a nurse, but then you don't approach them with a blood pressure cuff and a thermometer. You approach them with a stethoscope and examine their abdomen and take a history from them and tell them what the plan is going to be. So I think you've, even though you've made it clear from the, the start, you're a nurse because you then take that approach the end of the conversation it'll be thanks doctor and you're like no no no, no. I'm a nurse remember I told you at the beginning so, so I, I think it's, it's the role you approach from. When you did step into the into the role properly how did you find that the doctors on the unit responded? Mostly okay um, now as the ACCP role is expanding I think a lot of people a lot of the doctors come to ITU having already worked with ACCPs elsewhere or sometimes what you find is they've not worked with ACCPs, but they've worked with, with other doctors who've worked with us. So our reputation precedes us in, in a way. A lot more people are aware of the role now. In the beginning, I used to find that there was fluctuations because people had either come and assume you knew nothing and can, could do nothing. So wouldn't ask you to do anything or assumed that you could ev- could do everything and just left you to it and depending on where you were up to in your, your training and level of experience that wasn't necessarily what you needed either way 
I think, I think that's better now. And I think as well, we've gained confidence to say, actually, that there's a long function. I need to do that. And I think you're conscious of the fact that you're going to be on ITU forever. So if there's trainees coming through, you, you want them to have opportunities in their three months there. You want them to be able to develop as well. That affects the unit as a whole, doesn't it? You know, if we get a bad reputation as a, as a, as a teaching centre, you know, we're going to get bad feedback. People aren't going to want to come to us. So, so you want the trainees to have a good experience and get the learning opportunities. But as well, you've got to find the balance between protecting your own training and making sure your role develops. So sometimes that, that's a bit of a juggling act, really. I have found sometimes from, from other specialities, when people realise that you're a nurse, they not necessarily don't want to discuss the patient with you. Um, there's one consultant in particular that will only speak to an ITU consultant. So I don't take that personally as a nurse. But I know there was a med reg in A&E last week and then um, discussed with a patient. And I was like, well, actually, I can't prescribe that because I'm a nurse prescriber. And he was like, oh, okay. And we're actually, we, we've had quite a, a good discussion about the patients and what the plan was. You could see his kind of mindset change you know from when I said I'm, I'm a nurse prescriber I can't it's not in my formulary and where where we'd had a very kind of level discussion that kind of changed a little bit um so it, it's hard then because obviously you say you're an ACCD to the patient and you're very clear on that but you assume that, that you, your medical colleagues understand the role when you introduce yourself as an ACCB from quick care but actually that last week made me realise maybe there's still people who, who don't know that we're not medics by profession. And, and But actually, should, should that change the clinical decision-making? Well, no, no, it shouldn't. Yeah, what will the future hold for you? We've, we've had to do a few more skills as well. And we've been learning lung punctures and um, hopefully going to get chest strains on our repertoire as well. So both back on our master's pathway as well. Um, and then they want us to do um, a postgrad certificate in education after that. So I think that the next couple of years are going to be pretty full on again from a development point of view, where I think after our, our, we qualified, I think we just spent some time settling into the role and then maybe plateaued a little bit. And then obviously COVID hit. So it's, it's nice that everything's picking back up now. And I think that'll probably keep us motivated the next couple of years. But you wonder after that plateau, What's the next challenge? I think the simple answer is um, I, d- I don't know currently. I still think there's a couple of years, you know, until we're, you know, we're fully up to skilled, you know, with. Then after that, where do we go? I found the, the word PhD sneaking into my brain a couple of weeks ago and then I was like, shush, no, shush, no. Um, so I, I, I think, yeah, there's, there's still opportunity to study and kind of develop from a, a research point of view and, and as, a, as an educator, not just of ACCPs, but of ITU trainees coming through as well. You know, we could be FICE mentors, we can be yeah. teaching procedures, we can be participating in education, we, we could go down a research route, you know, you could sidestep into to university, educate that way, you know, there's still opportunities there.